0: Welcome to
1: Godsplaining, contemplative preachers' contemporary age. Each week, join the Dominican friars as they consider all things Catholic. Hello, and welcome back to God's Planning. I'm Father Gregory Pine. I am joining you from Freiburg, Switzerland, and I'm here with Father Jacob Bertrand Janzik, co-host. How are things, Father Jacob Bertrand?
2: Things are great. I am in DC like always, per usual, sitting here, uh, gearing up for the year, vocation stuff. It's great, humid, hot, sweaty. I don't know if the AC, HVAC, one of the great things about the house, of studies, this is nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I'm going to still complain to you. One of the great things about the house of studies is that the HVAC units hardly ever work. So I'm like sitting in my office, sweating DC summer. It's beautiful. It's great.
1: Just baking. That's me. Nice. And I'm sitting in three and a half feet of snow because that's how Switzerland works um perfect (laughs) also father jacob Burchin should be applauded so if you have the opportunity while listening to this episode please applaud because i messed up the internet three times before starting this episode correctly so he has been long suffering and so as another person who is also joining us who is father mark mary ames a franciscan friar of the renewal father mark mary it's a pleasure to have you on our show
0: hey guys it's great to be with you and uh Glad, glad the, the internet worked out.
1: <laughs> as, as am I now, Father Mark Mary, I'm sure many, many of our listeners, uh, know you and have heard the things that you do with Ascension presents, uh, and are very grateful for it. So that's awesome. Thank you. Uh, but for our listeners who don't know you, would you just maybe introduce yourself and who you are, where you're from, what you do?
0: Sure. Yeah. I'm a member of the Franciscan friars of the renewal, uh, often known as the CFRs. I live out in Harlem, New York. And uh, I live with our new men, like our postulants, so one of our formation houses, and then I work within the communications world. So I'm the director of communications for the Friars, originally out from from Southern California, but been on the Northeast more or less for the last 12 years.
1: Boom. Now, Father Mark Mary, you recently wrote a book. Would you describe for us what it is, what it's about, and why all of us need 18 copies?
0: (laughs) I was thinking 20 copies, but we'll we'll start with 18, and we can work our way up. Um, so I did I did write a book with Ascension Press called "Habits for Holiness." Ascension named it. Ascension named it. I wouldn't, you know, dare put myself as the the master of holiness, but there we have it. Um, so here's like for the thing for me where it came from is, I think a lot of folks, especially you know, like parents, kind of look at the world. And can be really tempted towards discouragement. Like, is should basically should we all just give up? Is there any chance of me? Or is there any chance of my family or my children actually being disciples of Jesus Christ in the midst of this crazy world? And uh, so, so the book it, it pulls from the tradition of, or the, the sort of the testimony of the CFrs of our of my own community, which uh, is a reformed community that began in 1987 uh, in the South Bronx. At a time when our neighborhood was known as fort apache just because of like the drugs and the gangs and the crime and all that sort of stuff like this this is the place that um the holy spirit that like decided and inspired uh kind of planted these eight men beginning this new franciscan order and so and so i think like i i like that example and i like beginning with the fort apache analogy or the the image because i think a lot of folks look at the world and it feels like kind of feels like one big fort apache one big war zone um, but through through the prayer, through the fraternity, through uh, kind of living liturgically, through simplicity, through work with the poor, through evangelization, essentially through discipleship, um, these initial friars were able to actually grow in holiness in the midst of this environment. Um, and I, I, so, so the book takes some of these principles, some of these practices, and uh, kind of explains them, but also proposes them as a kind of a, a template for all disciples, all Christians, as a way to to really to follow the Lord and grow in holiness, no matter what your your environment, your context.
1: All right. In in Christian conversations, there are a lot of words that we use. We don't always define them. Sometimes it's good to take a moment to do so. So we're talking about holiness. What is holiness?
0: I feel like that's an answer for Father Jacob Bertrand.
2: <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> hey, like, you wrote the like book just, about it just look at me and that that is it is, that, is thank you father that's so kind it's really great yeah
0: um because that is that's like if it's like define something i'm like hey you guys should listen to god in. They, <laughs> they know they know words they know words good um i mean for for me at least like i think when i'm thinking of like holiness uh it's like allowing the life of god to 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 be, to live within the soul, right. And to grow within the soul and to grow in this relationship with the Lord Jesus and conformity, um, to him first and foremost. So that's, that's, that's kind of, so, so that's kind of what I'm thinking big picture, but, but for, for the reader, for uh, the audience, it's just like, Hey, like, it's just, it's just growing in discipleship and following Jesus and, um, and growing in real intimacy
2: and relationship w- with the Lord. So gonna ask you to define another term, but it is your term or well, maybe it was foisted upon you because it's in the title. So you said you didn't, you know, ascension chose the title. So <laughs> fine. But um habits for holiness, the word habits, we talk a lot about habits and virtues and those sort of things. And it's kinda like, I guess, Dominican thing to talk about when we have nothing else to talk about. We'll form a habit, do something like that. But why I guess um in in like I guess chatting with other Catholics, especially like young Catholics, college-age Catholics, um, one of the things that I constantly find myself returning to is encouraging them to like persevere in habit forming, whether that's just like you know regular prayer, um, whether it's like going to the sacraments regularly. These kind of things. I, don't, I guess if you could talk about what habits mean in the context of your book, with uh, with respect to like growth and holiness. Um, I guess define, explain draw us into that a little bit.
0: Sure. Yeah, great. And and I do think the word like habits is very much on people's radar in general. Um at the time of, of my own book coming out, like one of the, the top sellers on Amazon was uh atomic habits. Um so it's like, you know, this this is a thing, like people I think desire to grow in different areas of their lives and are struggling with it and want some help and some guidance on it just essentially developing these virtues or these habits like these these rightly ordered practices at the service of um in sort of taking the whole world in in context serving some goal right and for us for me the the use of the word habits and its application in this book it's it's really understanding i think the, the human dimension, which is at the service of kind of like, like it, we're, we're following the Lord Jesus as, as human beings and for human beings, for, uh, for growing in virtue and growing in right and right uh, action. Like we do need to develop these habits. And so, so one of the understandings of what, what my hope was to essentially to, to propose and to lay out some strategy, which is at the service of the sincerity of people of God because um, I know myself personally as as both penitent and confessor, like how often do we come across people who who really sincerely desire to to, to grow in virtue or to leave vice behind, and they and they keep coming back and they have all the sincerity in the world, but oftentimes the reason they don't have the, the the conversion and the change that they desire is actually it's a strategy question. Um, either they're they're going about it all alone, or they're not kind of beginning with the most practical steps. So, so for me, I guess the use of the word habit is, is kind of using right reason, good judgment to develop a strategy at the service of the sincerity um, that so many God's people have in their desire to, to grow deeper in their relationship with the Lord.
1: Boom. All right, so theoretical question. So informed by your book, but not directly Uh, pertinent to say somebody comes to you for spiritual direction or they, you know, they hear you give a talk and they're like, that was great. I live in the same city as you. Is it possible to see you for spiritual direction? You say, let's go for it. Um, So that person comes and they say, my life is a hot mess and I have no regular practices of anything, you know, God worthy in my life. Where do I go? What would you say are the, are the practices on which one ought to focus or where are you going to direct this person? Are there particular things that you start with? Are there particular things that you build to? Where where do you kind of see this playing out?
0: Yeah, great question. And and I'll do my best to, to treat it in in its sense. Of course, as as you guys know, um, really the specifics of each person is so important that like the the right next best step for each person. It's it's it is a little bit hard to do generally. Uh, for the sake of this conversation, there's really two thing. Maybe I'll, I'll call it three things which I really am trying to, um, encourage people to, to put into practice. Um, number one is some sort of game plan, some sort of vision, some sort of like intentional approach to to one's life. And I do think that this is, is good humanity. And I think this is good spirituality as well. And if you look at any athlete, any sort of person of great sort of success in pretty much any field, they're all going to have some sort of plan, right? Um, so I do think having some sort of intentional approach to life is probably a good step. the The first step I'm going to really encourage people to is like, is, hey, can we get some prayer time in? Can we can you schedule in some time uh, where you're really going to be trying each day to prayer to pray? And depending on the person's situation, it could be five minutes, it could be ten minutes, we could be going for for twenty or something like that. But but not just right. Like I'm going to try and pray more. But okay, like when when are you going to be praying and what are you going to be doing to just get as specific, um, as possible. And then really, I, I, I really, really, really have kind of grown a conviction that, uh, discipleship it's, it's a team sport. Like, um, you know, it's the, the sheep that's kind of off on its own is the one that gets picked off. Like we really are meant to be making this journey with others. And I know myself living religious life, my own personal grow, like following the Lord is, is when brothers are with me, when other people are are in my life, like I do so much better than when I'm just left to my own sort of discipline and conviction. And so some sort of plan, primacy with prayer, prayer, and then like praying for and
2: pursuing some people to make the journey with. Yeah. One of the, um, I think, I guess examples or not examples, one of the things that uh, often seems to be an issue in like habit forming in particular is actually forming the habits, you know, not just saying things like you, like you were saying the sort of sincerity thing. yeah, people want to be with the Lord, but it's a matter of making that transition over to doing things. So as to, um, yeah, to make, to put yourself in a position and in a place where our Lord can continue to work on you and draw you in. It's like something there is like just literally putting on your calendar, like when you're going to pray for us as religious, we kind of, we have this luxury that like our community does it and we do it with our community, but you also have to form community, um, whether that's, you know, right in front of you or not. So, um, to help build those habits. So I guess thinking you mentioned drawing like themes or ideas from your life as a CFR to sort of transfer over, I guess, transfer over, make, um, make, uh, real for other people. What are, I guess, what are some, uh, concrete examples of what you've taken from your life as a cfr and kind of offered as like a tool to form some habit
0: yeah sure um and and to kind of to clarify is i do think that this is something that we're doing and i'm speaking from it from from a franciscan point of view or perspective but really a lot of this this isn't original to us or 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 just our own sort of thing right like the dominicans to me doing this uh, pretty much Christians across the board are going to be doing this. Um, one one of the other things that like really popped for me, which I am, am encouraging people to is, you know, during this time of this this kind of the whole pandemic season, like one of the, the big jokes was like, I have no idea what day it is, like where I am, whatever. There was there was like a lack of any sort of orientation in, in people's lives. And because of our prayer life and because of the orarium, because of the liturgy and because of some of our practices, like that just never, that never was a thing for me. Um, and, and what I appreciate about that or kind of the, the value that kind of was brought to the surface, which isn't just for religious is, is allowing the liturgy and allowing the seasons and the movements of the church um, to influence and to speak into your life. And, and why I think that's so important, particularly for like a family context, is it just um it, it like right like the if we leave a vacuum, that vacuum's gonna be filled and our meaning and our purpose and our direction and sort of what we celebrate and how we live, it's gonna be it's gonna be sort of guided by a secular space. But if we can have the gospel and have the church guiding that, um it's gonna it's gonna keep us rooted in the in the deepest truths and mysteries and realities. And so for example, like a really basic one, like I don't wanna get crazy on it, but it is I think it's a good example, is like even for our own kind of uh reflection, is like is Friday for you like TGIF or is Friday for you the day that you remember, like, first and foremost, the Lord's passion, right? Like, is Friday the day in which we, we take a little space to meditate upon and, and really receive again and sit before the mystery of of this this crazy love that the Lord had for us and saving us? Or is it like, okay, sweet, like, end of the week, let's party, you know? And And at the service of keeping us rooted is this little practice, like a penitential practice for Friday. Like, this is just one way in which we can live live liturgically, allow, I think, the values of the church to sink into the real stuff of our life and and to keep us rooted in the deepest um, truths
1: and realities. Friday nights at the Dominican House of Studies is, off. so 5.30 p.m. is Office of Readings and Vespers. Six to seven, you eat dinner with your 65 closest friends. Seven to eight, you have a holy hour. Eight to nine, you usually have a chapter talk from your formator. And then from, you know, like nine till your body breaks down uh, you chat with friends in the common room. Um, so it's like you're, it's it's 527 and you're walking into the chapel and you're thinking, yeah, the next five hours of my life are structured (laughs) for me by the Lord Jesus and my legitimate superiors, uh, which is a little bit of a devastating recognition, but it also, uh, it also solves a lot of problems for you insofar as you never have to make plans on Friday night. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And at the end of which, we will return to this theme of plan for life and structure. So grateful to have Father Mark Mary on the show. Uh, For more, stick with us till the second half. Cheers. You are listening to Godsplaining. Visit us at godsplaining.org to listen to our episodes, shop our store, and donate to our podcast. All gifts go to improving the podcast and bringing the gospel to more listeners. Thanks for your support. All right, and we're back. So thanks so much for listening to this episode of God's Planning. We're here with Father Mark Mary Ames from the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, talking a little bit about Habits for Holiness based on uh, a recent book of Father Mark Mary's. Uh, So specifically then on this point of having a plan for life, I'm wondering, okay, so, you want some structure, but it seems like people also want to be spontaneous. Do you think that structure and spontaneity are intention? Do you think that you have to give something up in order to embrace this type of structure in your life i don 't know you have some thoughts on that
0: yeah the the catechism says it i think well speaking about prayer specifically that you 're not going to pray all the time if you don't pray at some particular times, and I think that's a good i think that's a good like kind of general principle as approach to sort of generally following the Lord and, and the relationship between spontaneity and, and structure is um, right. Like you can't just for, we'll use prayer, the prayer life. Uh, you can't just be like, okay, I'm just going to pray spontaneously, like like whenever I want, like, okay, I, that's, that's good. And we do want times where we're just kind of spontaneously praying praying and it's informal and it's very relation, relational and that, and that, and, and the like, but I just think if we understand like our humanity, like if we're not also structured, if we're not actually like scheduling some time to pray, to pray, the reality is that with the busyness of life and all of the distractions and all etc, like, et cetera, we're going to have a lot more days that go by without any prayer at all than, than not. But if we, if we structure it, particularly for the beginning of the day, like we're going to get that base, we're going to get that conversation going. And then hopefully that kind of trickles and overflows into our day, into spontaneous prayer. And, you know, um. I'm, I'm a, I kind of like sports, whatever. Like, you know, if you look at, to use the analogy of like, like a, a football player, football players are going to have very structured drills that, that they do over and over and over again. And then the game happens. Right. And like, it's, it's the structured sort of practice and discipline, which is at the service of kind of hitting life and the spontaneity and the capacity to react as life comes at you. And I do think that that's generally true for the spiritual life that you want to have, like, you want to have family dinner, for example, just some time like you're together but also you want to have times throughout the day where you're also sort of checking in on each other so i think a com we don't want to we don't want to pit them against each other but but see their complementarity
2: one of the things in just listening to you talk um about like the balance spontaneity structure that kind of thing you um you talk about doing things in a group or together i guess where how important do you think um well maybe not how important but like how 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 would you recommend kind of building a sense of community of togetherness, whether it's on a small scale, or larger scale? Because I think one of the things that often, um, you know, one of like the stumbling blocks here for people is that they, you know, they might have a great community at college and then leave school and they're kind of on their own, or they might not have the greatest community at college, you know, but how do you, what, what are some recommendations for building a sense of community and support in in this path to holiness?
0: Yeah. And I I realize that like when I, when I do give talks on this subject, that for a lot of people, the topic of, of community is one of the hardest ones to wrestle with primarily because they just don't really know what it looks like, or they don't have it. They desire it, but it doesn't seem to be in the, in their, in their world or sort of easily accessible. So I, so I do kind of want to just reverence that, um, that difficulty for many of the listeners. Uh, okay. So. So probably how do we get up to it? I think number one is, is understanding it and understanding its, its role in the Christian life, um, and, and valuing it. I just, I do think just like, Hey, we really are made to to make this journey together. I think that's, that's probably part one. Um, and then part two is, is praying about it. I had, this is, this is one of my, like my favorite stories is, is I didn't real, I didn't know about it until like five years later, but it's a, it's a buddy of mine. He was playing baseball at, at some college. And he he was like really struggling with um, kind of following the Lord and all of his buddies were kind of like just living a different life. And he was back home in Southern California and we're hanging out and he was just talking about, he didn't know whether or not he should go back uh, to the university just because he just didn't know if he could have the community. And I was like, yeah, well, hey, let's just, just pray for it. You know, just see, see what, like ask the Lord to send people to, to, to the school. And so we got back and the very first mass was the very first day that focus missionaries were there. And so he just like saw this like it's such an answer to his prayer. Like he saw the focused missionaries connected with them. He just he became a focused missionary, just married a fo- focused missionary. But it was just like he was open to it and he prayed for it. And the Lord really like delivered and provided. So I do think praying about it. Um, so valuing it, praying for it, and then intentionally pursuing it. Like um, it's probably that the, those together are going to serve, serve one well.
1: Yeah, I had a philosophy professor in college who talked about the role of a friend is coaxing the good out of the other, or one of the roles of a friend. Obviously we do, we perform many things for each other in love. Um, in religious life, we have this, this tradition of fraternal correction, that when you see a thing that's keeping someone else from growing in holiness, that you would help them address it. Um, maybe based on your experience of that, uh, with the Franciscan friars, uh, how does that translate? For those you know those listeners who are trying to to do to do better in that regard or to be more courageous or to be more generous in their friendships
0: yeah it would be interesting because I imagine that you know our the Dominican and the CFR culture will probably like have different approaches to this it may be it'd be similar but probably a little bit different it'd be interesting to hear uh, sort of the differences I do think that um, when I come across this mostly though it is Um, with sort of young zealous folks who are kind of fear driven where they, they see somebody doing something like off and they feel like, okay, I have to, I have to go and address this right now and it has to get fixed right away. And if I don't like, I, like I, his guilt becomes mine. And there is right. There is a Christian mandate towards correcting the sinner and, and all that sort of stuff. But we do want to take into, I think, account like the real situation and have some wisdom because I think fraternal correction, it it is like uh, like pruning a rose bush, where it's you know it is necessary. It does have to happen for the bush to flourish, but if you do it wrong, you can just you can kill the whole thing. Like so, you can kill the relationship. You can um, you can really actually turn somebody off from the church or the gospel. Like I just remember is like again this, my own example of like an 18 or 19 year old telling like somebody, hey, you need to go to confession. Hey, you know, like whatever, you're, <laughs> you can't do that. You got to go to confession and he didn't go to confession, you know what I mean? Um, so that didn't work, uh, versus being in college and just later on after my conversion and really kind of following the Lord and doing things like going to confession regularly. And one of my roommates who wasn't really practicing it, seeing that and was like, oh, you're going to confession? Oh, I yeah, I should probably go too. And he went for the first time in a number of years. So, So there is, I think we wanna take into account the real situation. Um, we do want to make sure it's coming from a place of actual genuine concern for the other and not primarily like, I want to have a, I want to appease my own conscience. Um, we want to pray into it. And, um, yeah, I think a, a, an example, right. That I look at is, um, is Jesus invitation to, uh, the rich young man as as like a real model of fraternal correction is where you look upon them and love them and then invite them somewhere higher. Um, so those are those are some initial unorganized thoughts.
2: Yeah, they sound like they overlap similarly with with what we would say about fraternal <laughs> okay. correction. Now executing that, who knows, that's a whole nother yeah, totally. a whole ball game. That usually goes poorly and yeah, you know, you live you learn. So <laughs> yeah. what can you do? Um y- yeah, great. One of um I guess another, I don't know, looking at like I guess this is the uh this sort of like you can always claim the world is going to hell in a handbasket so looking at the world around us and like yeah there's a lot of frustrations in the world there's a lot of frustrations in the church there's a lot of frustrations with trying to live in the church and the world um but there is i guess when you see somebody that is pursuing christ um there's often this this i don't know kind of magnetism this kind of joy that radiates and i think people are after that but Um, quickly learned that it can't be fabricated. You can't just force yourself to be happy or joyful or sort of find this contentment and peace. So, um, I think, you know, it is a fruit of pursuing Christ joy and happiness, but um, I guess specifically on joy, like what, what is, um, what do you what do you have to say about people like wanting to find that joy of how how is it just kind of pursuing these habits is it doing something else is there kind of like the joy admixture that you have to add into forming habits where where does this sort of like contentment joy happiness kind of thing I guess come in
0: yeah yeah Uh, good question father is right um Joy, ultimate joy, Christian joy, uh, the joy that can remain in the midst of all of the trials and sufferings of the world, right? It's going to be a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so, again, like these, these habits alone aren't aren't the answer. These habits are at the service of of allowing God to live His life more more authentically through us. And the more that God Himself is alive alive in us, the more that we'll have authentic joy, right? um and so that that is like it is these these habits at the service of like intimacy receptivity and just kind of radical transformation um into the image and likeness of god so that that is what it is uh, at the service of because life's <laughs> life's hard you know what i mean and life's really hard for a lot of people and so we don't want to we can't reduce joy to like this sort of unreasonable like optimism or or giddiness or or whatever uh toss in the midst of really sit like grave situations um but it but it's i think um it is the fruit of the holy spirit which which sees that we have a hope um which perdures even beyond death and a hope which um can bring that you know that the lord is responding uh, to all things that are happening to bring about good for those who love him so so the more that we can really grow i think in 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 allowing the lord to live his life through us growing in faith growing in, in this set of radical uh, virtue of hope um I think that the fruit of that will be, will be authentic joy.
1: So maybe just thinking in terms of the goal or in terms of the end, if people are, you know, motivated to form habits, uh, which will promote their growth and holiness. Um, how does that, I mean, to speak somewhat crassly, how does that cash out? Um, you know, you read a lot of these kind of popular spirituality books and they promise a lot, like do these things and you'll be happy. And uh, <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm wildly unhappy, uh, but I'm I'm not saying also that those things will have delivered by the time I finish them, uh, because life remains, like you said, difficult. So we don't want to overpromise or we don't want to make it sound as if the gospel is just, I don't know, the key to flippancy. So, so if I form Habits for Holiness, what can I hope for? Like, what's the object of my hope or what's the goal towards which I'm striving?
0: Sure. I'm gonna I'm to give a, a two-part answer to that. Um, one kind of is more of like what's the hope of, if you will, habits for holiness, than kind of a, a different a different kind of broader broader response to it, right? For for me, like habits for holiness, what I what I'm where I'm what I'm trying to do is this. It's like, okay, you want to be the next St. Teresa of Avila or John of the Cross, whatever, sweet. If you're gonna be this great mystic, you're you have to pray. And and if but but if you don't have like a plan for your prayer, like you're not gonna pray. And so it's like step one to becoming John of the Cross is like can you please just schedule some time for prayer, particularly if we can get some time in the morning, right? Cause it's like, we read, we read about the saints. We read about John Paul the Great. We read about mother Teresa or St. Therese, St. Faustina, whatever it is. You're like, okay, sweet. I love that. They all had, they all had structured lives of prayer. Like, can we, we I don't want you to, you don't need to be John Paul the second tomorrow, but can you pray like five minutes in the morning? Can, can we do that? Like that's, that's what habits for holiness. Really it's like getting at something that basic. Um, Okay, so to have a different answer, um, you know, I do, I do think that maybe what, I don't want to get too edgy here, I don't know, but like, um, I don't know if happiness is totally like what we need to be pursuing so much insofar as we do live in a fallen world that we refer to as the Valley of Tears right and um i look at i look at the beatitudes right like this this um blessed are the poor in spirit blessed etc is like i don't think the lord promises happiness on this side of eternity but he does promise us blessedness um which is again the life of god uh, alive alive within us um and being deeply rooted in the promise of the father that no matter what life is giving us that he's with us and that he's bringing about good in it um so i do think that like There's going to be like different stages of happiness and joy and whatnot, but it's still expectation management. It's still a fallen fallen world, Um, but we are promised, I believe, um, blessedness and the eternal blessedness, the eternal happiness of,
1: um, you know, being with and seeing God as he is. I think GK Chesterton wrote something to the effect of happiness can't so much be pursued as it can ensue. I think sometimes when we get caught up with searching for happiness... It slips through our fingers because you know it's it's just like that right whereas when we pursue something meaningful when we pursue something real then we often find that happiness comes in its wake which is a great gift but we've got the whole of our lives to uh <laughs> to see that through yeah. <laughs> and then some all right um father mark marius thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us it's been a delight um and it's been or yeah just a real joy to hear about the book especially if you have uh maybe a final thought or ways that people can find the book, ways that people can access other things that you do with the Friars and with Ascension. Sure. Would you just give us a word about that?
0: Sure. Yeah. So it's uh, ascensionpress.com forward slash holiness is uh, where you can get the book. Um, no pressure, no competition. They could also join us in uh, the Friars podcast, Poco Poco podcast. Let's go. Um, I only know. I only said knowing that I was just uh, recently recommending God's planning to. A, a potential dominican down in lafayette the other day or lafayette nice. to, but uh yeah i'm really really grateful for you guys and um, really grateful for what you're doing here i know I, I tune in regularly especially the way that you're treating some of uh, the modern things that are happening some of the current events in the church i really appreciate you guys as a a wise and authentic voice and sons of the church and all that so thanks guys hey thank you
1: cheers um all right well thanks so much listeners for having tuned in uh we Appreciate you, and we appreciate your efforts at liking, sharing, and um, getting the word out. Thanks especially, too, to those who donate on Patreon, who have made a lot of this possible and made a lot of this better. Um, So other things coming up are more uh, guest-splaining episodes. You'll be able to see them now uh, every two weeks, more live-splaining episodes again every two weeks. So look for those on Mondays and Fridays, respectively. And uh, you're in our prayers. Please pray for us, and we'll catch you next time on Godsplaining. Thanks for listening to Godsplaining, a work of the Dominican friars of the province of St. Joseph. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Leave a review on your podcast app and visit us at godsplaining.org.